Alright, what's up y'all? The episode you're about to hear is a little different than normal. I had a conversation with a friend of the show, and that's David from Through the Muck and the Mire. You can find him over on YouTube at Through the Muck and the Mire. He's been a guest on our show a couple of times. You may recognize his voice. And I had the pleasure of being a guest on his show. And we go over a number of items from the Georgia voter law, how elections are increasingly getting stupider, how we have both changed our perceptions on politics since Trump has left office and since the election and everything that's transpired over the last few months. We get into a little bit of GameStop stuff, shitting on left libertarians. Well, at least I do. Uh, we also talk in length on race and how I at least perceive its role in today's problems. Uh, we get into a little bit of the lack of criticism for Biden. We look at the Derek Chauvin trial and what laws he may uh, have broken, the charges that are against him, and kind of our take on it as of now. I think it was only four days of trial uh, by the time that we recorded. And we get into a bunch of other stuff. And uh, as you may have noticed, Ignore the Rant has been on a bit of a schizophrenic release schedule. Uh, we do have an episode in the can. We are looking to record uh, more episodes, weekly episodes. But to be honest, our schedules are all just insane right now. So we record when we can and we release when, when we're able to. So I apologize in the delay. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get to it. Warning, some members of this podcast have been known for gratuitous use of the F-word. If the F-word is something that offends you, fuck it, let's do this. Awesome. Hit the theme music, Doug. What's going on, man? Trying to uh, trying to see if I can make this fucking thing. Can you hear me at all? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Okay. I'm not. I'm not getting any uh, sound back to me from me talking. So I don't know what the fuck I sound like. No, I think if if anything, it might be quiet. But I think it's a. It should be good. So. Initially, we had discussed doing a Biden episode where we were going to go through a lot of what what that old coot has been up to uh, since taking office. And I'll be honest, I haven't been paying much attention to the old man. Me either. Um, <laughs> even, even tonight, uh, in the hour and a half or whatever uh, that I've been home from work, I was just trying to look and everything I was finding was all pre- president biden and it was just well you know the five six decades or whatever of, of garbage uh, yeah yeah because there's a lot there there's yeah. a whole hell of a lot there um you know and i know it's it's hard to talk about him without coming across sounding like hannity or tucker but if you like start looking into his family you know his brothers frank and james and all of the all of the business dealings they had that basically were all approved and pushed through uh, because of, you know, 
who Joe is, uh, that could be an episode on its own. Right. And then you get into, you know, uh, God Hunter, you could do a multi-part series just on him. Yeah. When he was in the news, I did do multi-part. I think I, I think I put out like at least three different, three, maybe four videos on him, like back to back as that, you know, as the new pictures and videos and stuff were coming out. And I'm sure there's tons more of that now. I remember you did a video where you basically said, sorry, Democrats, the the Hunter Biden laptop is real or this Hunter Biden. Uh, the sto- basically, the story. the story is true. Like, yeah, yeah, the story is true because uh, and the way that I, I guess, didn't spend too much time questioning if it was true was how much they were trying to suppress it. Anytime yeah. that that's happening. Well, I mean, um, the FBI literally came out and said, "Yeah, we're invest. We've been investigating him for over a year. There's an open investigation." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, how can you fucking deny? Even the FBI, who I, I, you know, I think a lot of people would would argue has you know leaned towards uh, Democratic politicians. Uh, you know, they're not supposed to be partisan whatsoever, but you know, people definitely see it differently. But, uh, it, you know, even the FBI said, yeah, Hunter Biden is under investigation. So, yeah. Yeah. And he has been uh, ever since. Well, you know, uh, that orange man made a phone call saying, hey, I would like for you to, you know, investigate Hunter's dealings or whatever. Our own government was already investigating them. And they're like, you can't ask for that. We're already doing that. And we won't tell you that we're doing it until, well. It's advantageous. <laughs> yeah. It's all the wonderful inner workings of DC and well, politics. Politics is war. And um and it shall be hated uh like every other war. <laughs> yeah. My, my so I guess my intention for for the the roast of Biden was like uh, I was gonna let you lead because I assumed that you'd been keeping up with it more than I have. I've been swamped with just like school and you know my son and just life but uh i i figured you probably knew more about like all of the um the laundry list of executive orders that he's pushed out and stuff like that so um we can definitely do a follow-up conversation was, and, and actually look at all of that stuff yeah yeah i found the list um yeah but actually, i want to like i, I want to actually like look I at change, it and, Oh, absolutely. They're saying there's 69 of them. Um, That's a lot. I found a list where it's like, well, there's there's 39 that are categorized as this. There's 17 that are categorized as this and the differences and what they mean. Um, right. I was wondering about that because so, I very briefly looked at it and I saw like one of the ones about, I, I think it was about the border. Instead of it saying that it was uh, executive action, it said that it was like a proclamation or something. As of March 31st, 2021, President Joe Biden has signed 37 executive orders, 13 presidential memoranda, and 32 proclamations, and nine notices. Now, other than the nine, if you add 37, 13, and 32, that's how you get to that 69 number that they're touting is you know, all executive orders. But they're not, they're not all created equally. And it even says in the next paragraph, each of these presidential documents is different in authority and implementation. And then it goes into what an executive order is. So 
I want to, because of the number of items there. 69. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, that's going to take some time to actually go through and speak about educatedly without sounding like a goober. Uh, right. If I wanted to sound like a goober, I would just comment on your Facebook posts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and I don't, I don't know enough about these. I, I know that uh, we live in the age of executive orders and... It, it was terrible the first time they did it and it was even more you know it was even worse the next president that came in that signed executive orders to undo the existing ex executive orders and yeah it's it's there doesn't seem to be a lot of desire to govern based on what the people want it seems to be more of two warring tribes, or at least that act like they're warring in front of us, mm -hmm. that pit the voter base against each other so that they can claim that they're there for something, to, to fight against the supposed enemy, even though they, they laugh behind closed doors and all go out to dinner together. And, you know, when, when the Patriot Act needs to get reinstated they sure seem to find a way to meet on that within 24 hours and get it reinstated yeah um but you know when when stimulus checks are getting kicked around and uh, what is the total payout now uh what like uh i guess 1400 then 600 so two grand and then what was the first one i think it was 1200 like, the first time so 3200 dollars. yeah so 3200 dollars over a year of them putting a lot of people out of work I, right. I don't know about you and you know I, this isn't to get into anybody's finances but i can guarantee you i could pick basically any american uh of working age they can't live on 3200 dollars a year no um that's that's like poverty's poverty poverty so <laughs> so they sit there and they 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 will fight and bicker uh while the cameras are on to make you think that if I choose this team, I'll get something out of it. And instead, 12 months later, you're, you're still checking the mail or checking your direct deposit to see if a measly 1200 has come your way. Right. And none of them are, are here for what they claim to be here for, because it has nothing to do with any of us. We are their pawns. We are their chips that they can move around at will. So it makes it look like they're doing something. Right. And, and in the meantime, you know, while it's, they'll, they'll bicker and complain about, you know, whether we should get $1,200 or $2,000 or $600 there, they can agree easily that all of these other nations can get hundreds of millions or even billions of dollars. Of course. And they both support it. So it's like, what the yeah. fuck's the issue here? You just don't like to give Americans their tax money back. I don't understand. No, no, we, we only like that money moving in one direction and it doesn't go back down. It, it always comes up that that's how that goes. <laughs> um, but it's funny, like at CPAC this year, I forget who said it, but there was uh, some speaker. I don't know if he was holding office or, or anything like that. I, forgive me for being unprepared, but I do remember one of the stories that came out of CPAC this year was one of the people there were saying, hey, the Republicans really fucked up. Like they should have been out in front of this and said uh, stimulus checks. We should be shooting for $10,000 stimulus checks and take that away from the Democrats for 
trying to uh, make themselves look like they are the party of the people because they were saying at this point, what does it matter? We're, we're printing so much money. We could honestly afford to pay every working American 10 grand and it would still be, you know, just as bad fiscal policy as what we're doing now. So at least they would actually get something out of it. And I thought that was interesting because we're seeing a, a restructuring of, I guess, not party lines, but um, what attributes can be applied to different parties because Republicans aren't fiscally conservative. That's That was an old tagline that got wore out back in the 70s. Um, so I, I think that that was an interesting comment to make because they realize we're losing this game. We are losing this, this culture war or whatever, trying to act like we are the stopgap holding the Democrats back because everything that has been got, you know, getting passed uh, for the past 20 years has all been moving, not in the right. It's not going in the right's direction. Everything is incrementally sometimes very small uh, measures and sometimes very broad, but it's all moving in one direction and it's to the left. At least that's the way I've seen it now. Uh, it might be because I disagree with them on most every policy they have that it stands out a little bit more. But um, like, for example, this new Georgia voter law that's, hey, Jim Crow is now Jim Eagle or something like that. I don't know. I'm just listening to my president. Um, but most everything in that are things that the left wanted that now is written into law that wasn't before, like like the the ballot drop boxes. If what a lot of people don't understand is that if the Georgia leg legislature didn't address that, they would go away because they were only there by way of Governor Kemp's executive order that was dealing with the emergency powers that uh, that he uh, signed due to COVID. And if nothing was addressed, those were going to go away because they were never written into law. But now they are. And last time I checked, that was something that the Democrats were really, you know, pushing for and wanting. And remember when they got super scared when they saw those trucks of mailboxes all on the backs of trucks and they were like, Trump is making the USPS remove, you know, mailboxes because yeah. he's wanting to cut down. And it was like, no, that's not what that was. But so now it's in law here in Georgia and you and you and I uh, messaged a little bit or commented, or I commented on one of your posts, uh, I think it was yesterday on Facebook, where I said, you know, I hate the law for a lot of other reasons of all the things they didn't address. To me, I see this voter law as nothing but a series of wins for the Democrats that just happen to get passed by a Republican. So they have to act like they hate it and posture like it's Jim Crow. And I don't see it that way uh, at all. But you now just force the Republicans or didn't force, but you just got the Republicans to sign things that they traditionally would be a hundred percent against. So again, incrementally moving in one direction, but in the meantime, we have to find something, even if it's just one line in there to, to claim that we're being, we're, we're the victims. And uh, yeah. it's hilarious to me. I, th I think that, um, so I, I feel like I definitely agree with you that every, like, 
stuff has moved prog- progressively towards the left or at least towards the center because um i mean even well anyways i was gonna say a lot of a lot of democrats or like traditional democrats aren't really like left of center anyways they're actually like a little bit right of center on like an actual you know political compass whatever but that's getting into the weeds um what i was gonna say is on the issue of voting i don't think that that should be viewed as uh like a liberal or like a left-wing policy just because the left is the ones that are pushing it like wanting more people to vote shouldn't be oh well that's a like that's a liberal idea like why the fuck should it be a liberal idea that we want more americans to to be able to vote you know like if 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 republicans just took if if republicans just appealed to more people then that would be good for them right so i guess like ultimately what what they're saying is that it's a liberal policy because they don't appeal to more people. I think I I don't disagree with you as far as the way that the argument is currently made based on how things are currently played out. I think that it's in, it's interesting though that if if voting was conducted a certain way for decades or over a century or whatever and then all of a sudden one party starts losing and then they start looking for, well, how can, it must just be too difficult. So let's, let's open this thing up. And as soon as they do that, they start winning. And then the, the opposing party would just be like, wow, this is great. This is great. How many elections we're losing? Let's not, I mean, obviously if, if, if how things are being conducted is not, favoring us or allowing us to win any elections, then I guess we probably should just, you know, wipe our, you know, wring our hands of it and say, well, my job's done. Let's let these people take over. That's, that's not the nature of power and especially obtaining power. Voting is one of the most heavily fucked with things um, in our, in our country, because it's not, I don't see it any differently than when, you know, when the right loses, they, you know, like this last election, Georgia writes into law all these different things, which I think will actually benefit the left. But uh, anyway, I guess we'll see. Well, they did the same shit with, uh, you know, the govern- gubernatorial one with the uh, purging of voters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just happened to be that, you know, statistically more, you know, poor minority people were purged from the voting list. Yeah. I well. wonder why. <laughs> Well, and then if you look at that, it's like, okay, well, we're purging people that haven't voted in like two elections or whatever. So the one thing I think everybody knows that's true is Republicans vote more consistently. They're at every election. They leave their house. They put on their, you know, their Tuesday best and they go out to the ballots and they they fill them out and do all that stuff. I think that that's one of the big reasons why Trump lost is he banked on that and didn't utilize the the tools that they were making available, even though I disagree with every single one of them, um, he didn't take advantage of the tools that were laid at his feet to, to win. But because he knows that, well, people will, my people, the Republicans will show up to the polls and get out there and it's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful, whatever. But um, what the fuck was I going to say? <laughs> I was going to, I was going to, 
retort on your comment, but <laughs> fuck, I totally lost what you said just before that. But I can't remember what I said either. <laughs> Stacey Abrams gubernatorial. Race. Oh yeah, yeah, the purging, voter purging. So yeah, <clears throat> I'm just saying, like they we they go back and forth. They they both are you know actively but, trying to win elections. Correct. But one thing that does happen is if the Democrat uh, voter is not all in, thinking that if you know they got to vote like their life depends on it, because that's literally what they tell them. If they're not all in on a candidate, they won't show up for any of the candidates. They, they'll they just stay the fuck home and they'll miss two or three elections. Um, they all showed up for Obama um, twice, but I didn't see that many people show up for Kerry. And George Bush was terrible. Like, right. Horrible. But they they didn't really <laughs> dig Kerry, so they skipped that one entirely. Um, I I think it's just, I don't think that you would see that Republicans miss elections. I, I think the fact that Georgia stayed home in the last runoff, the reason why it was so shocking was because it was an anomaly. That doesn't mm -hmm. happen. And over 500,000 Georgia voters stayed home in the runoff. And that's how you got uh, Warnock on Ossoff in there. And that was like groundbreaking, like Georgia, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and and so if you miss elections and they're like, well, okay, I guess this person's not voting anymore. Let's purge them. Um, and yeah, it would naturally affect the party that votes the least frequently. And that happens to be Democrats, which also happens to have a lot of impoverished minorities as their voting block. To me, I see it. It, it makes sense. It would is, is it obvious as far as the outcome that they're trying to gain? Sure. Um, but that's the nature of politics is you work within right. the gray zone of the system. And as long as you're not, as long as the constitution doesn't say I can't do it, then it's constitutional. And that's right. how we've been operating. Let's see if I can find, uh, you can continue. I, I was just, I wanted to look at the numbers cause I think it was like part of the issue wasn't just that they got, that they got purged like by traditional means. It was like, there were people that shouldn't have got purged and the people that out of, out of all of the people that did get purged out of the ones that shouldn't have been purged, it hurt the, the Democrats worse. Like oh, so yeah. the, the yeah, ones that no. were wrongfully, the ones that were wrongfully removed from, from the list. And you know, it might not even, even been enough to swing the election, but it's still like, I'm certain there was extra fuckery. sketchy shit, you know? Yeah, no, I'm certain there was fuckery afoot. It's an election. Every election is wrought with, uh, well, shady shit. Mm -hmm. And I think this last one was just on a monumental scale that I don't know if I want to bring up because I don't want to get your shit nuked. But going back to, you know, people, the losing party bitching and complaining about the prior election measures. Um, does anybody remember? I don't know. Every time a Democrat president lost in the, well, this century, what was the first thing they wanted to do? Abolish the Electoral College. Yep. And why is that? Because that pesky little thing was keeping them from winning. Mm -hmm. um, and they knew that if they got rid of that, well, then Republicans would never win a federal seat or, you know, a presidential seat anyway, ever again, because the right. numbers are on their side. 
But anyway, if you got something yeah. pulled up, I don't want to. Oh, no, I gave up on it. Because I, I mean, I, <laughs> I said what the point was. Like, the, yeah. the point of it was basically just like, it, you know, it's not just that they got purged. It was like the ones that got purged wrongfully, you know, it was targeted. Or at least it yeah. seems that way. But I uh, really wish they wouldn't have done that because that that turned Stacey Abrams uh, on a fucking tear. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's just a, like the Republican Party just shoots themselves in the foot like nonstop. It's like if you if you don't do these things to yourself, you probably, you know, stand a better chance. And it's, yeah. and, it's and we talked about this too earlier, like the link that you sent me of those those two guys talking about Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it? Like, I mean, his point was essentially like, just, just appeal to more people and you'll get the votes and you'll win. Oh yeah. It was like, yeah, uh, yeah. if you changed, if you changed your, your policy stances, just a hair on like abortion or a couple other like big ticket uh, issues, then you would have got the votes and you would have, you'd be the governor right now. And that's like, I agree with that. And I also think that the same exact message goes to the Republicans is like, instead of either one of you guys focusing on should we allow every single person in the United States to vote or like five people to vote instead of doing that, just focus on like the number that you already have of voting people. Like, do you actually represent them? If you don't fucking represent them, then you don't get elected. Like that's like the government is supposed to be representative of the people. So I don't know, either represent the the either represent the people or don't fucking run. I don't know. Uh, The the simplest way to put the message that they were saying, uh, and it was, uh, it was Glenn Lowry and John McWhorter, I believe. And uh, it's on YouTube. The title is, is Stacey Abrams right about voter suppression? And it was just a little six minute clip. I thought it was just an interesting convo because really their message, I can sum it up in one sentence campaign better. Which it it seems like she, well, for the presidential campaign, she did a good job, but not for her own government gubernatorial. The way that I see it is, like I said, I expect there to be fuckery found in every election that has a certain level of power associated with it. And that's gubernatorial, that's presidential, Senate, whatever. Anything larger than your county seat, I would imagine, and maybe even in county seats. And in fact, some of the most fucked up shit happens in local elections. You just don't hear about it because they're not affecting that many people. But I expect there to always be people gaming the system in every election. And that being known, because that's been around since the beginning of, well, elections, that's nothing new. So um, whoever wins is just better at politics. And whether it's who the people actually chose, like legitimately, uh, I don't think matters. I think it's, it's indicative of showing who's better at playing politics, whether it's campaigning better, aka lying to your potential voter base better. And having a better message and not uh, 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 and stumbling, you know, like Joe. But what do I know? He he won, well, right? Well, um, I was just about to say uh, the the last two, well, the current one and the previous one both kind of uh, ruined that logic. Yeah, they're both uh, bumbling fucking idiots. Well, remember, obviously the the cloud surrounding Biden on this last election, and how many people don't think that it was legitimate, and also recall the prior election how many people well they spent about three years telling us how illegitimate that one was so america's full of sore losers we're not prepared as people to get invested in something and not have it go well and that shows more about us 
and it's reflected through our media and media affects politics. Uh, politics is downstream from culture and media is the, the rudder trying to steer the direction that our culture goes. But politics always follows that. And so they will utilize whatever they think we're motivated by or interested in, which the media will help create so that they can garner the most power so that they can enrich themselves. And that's why, especially since this last election, I've really started to change like our conversations that you and I had just mere months ago were probably vastly different than, or at least I was coming from a place vastly different than I am now. Um, I just think it's all bullshit to a, to a degree that deserves nothing but mockery and, and content. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you on that. I feel, I mean, I, uh really like since the election ended i was just like i don't know like i my whole mindset and mood about politics and everything's just like shot i'm just like this the whole thing is bullshit you know for a time i was actually thinking about running locally either like as independent or you know i don't necessarily tie my name to like the libertarian party but i yeah you know, i feel like i align the most with them out of you know the mainstream the available ones right yeah. exactly so um, I used but, to feel that way. Yeah. But like, regardless, you know, I was thinking about running as an independent or something like that. And it's just like, and, and it also kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. Like, if you don't, if you don't represent the people, then don't fucking run. And I kind of came to that conclusion and it hurt, and it hurt my feelings. And I was like, hold up. Like, even though I probably technically represent, you know, the thoughts of more, more people than, you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump does, mm -hmm. or or a local Republican or local Democrat does. Um, people just apparently are not ready to vote for independents or third parties. So, like, even if I technically do represent them in their heart, they're not going to fucking vote for me. So why should I run? And it's just like, yeah, it's well, and it's ridiculous. And there's an argument that could be made. Um, that Trump was the closest thing to a third party president in, in our lifetime. Because in all actuality, uh, say what you will as far as how different he was than the modern day Democrat, uh, Democrats and Democratic Party, but that dude was straight up a mid 90s Democrat. And everything that he was for, he pushed, he campaigned on, pull up any. Uh, video of any major Democrat and you don't even have to go back to the nineties, go back to like, Oh, six. They were saying all the same shit. He was probably but, even like, Oh, like, Oh, eight. Some of this, like yeah. 2012. Like, yeah. 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 I, I played a video clip. Um, this isn't a politician, but for this conversation, he's just as influential. And in reality he might be, and that was Don Lemon mm -hmm. over on CNN. I played a clip on one of our most recent episodes uh, on my little show of him. And I think it was around 2010 to 2011 or 12, somewhere around there. And he was just going off. He had a five point thing where he was agreeing with Bill O'Reilly about how uh, black Americans need to get their shit together and clean up the culture and pull their pants up and stop calling each other the N words and, and saying, uh, stop having kids out of wedlock. And I was just like, I remember, I, I remember watching that video, um, yeah. not too long ago. Somebody shared it on Facebook probably. I don't know, but yeah, it's like, 
I don't know the whole their whole rhetoric. Everything's just it just shifts to whatever whatever keeps them popular and relevant and in office or in the media, you know, whatever. It's whatever gets them the most donations so that they yeah. can keep passing along yeah. legislation that helps their donors. And we're not, if we were donors, we would be represented. Now we're all technically donors because we all pay taxes, but that's, that's chicken feed compared to the blank checks they get. Right. And so they, they're not, they're no longer, and they haven't been, but, uh, I think anybody that still thinks that they are a government of the people to serve the people and they are public servants, I think they are vastly misled because they aren't here to represent us or to carry out any things in our interests. They are here to uh, placate their donors and take their money and pass along what they want. So really, they're not even writing the laws. It's the, it's the special interest groups in the top 0.1%. Or, you know, something, something that Bernie would say, but, um, it's, it's all, it's all crazy when you start looking at it that way to then really get hung up on whether or not, you know, you can have food in the election line. And I, I agree with you. I 1 million percent agree with you that any law that is being written that will, anyone that violates it is is guilty of a victimless crime and that shouldn't be law. I will, I will never not agree with you there. For me, it was just much more so looking at the big picture of how ridiculous this entire circus is that I don't give a fuck if somebody can't eat while they're waiting in line. Um, I want it to be as difficult for the laziest of voters so that they won't vote. Because I don't think that they should, I don't think everybody should have a say so in, in choosing their government because they're not qualified, in my opinion. I mean, I don't, I feel kind of torn on it because, you know, personally, like my personal opinion is like, you know, I, I talk to a lot of really stupid people on a daily basis and I'm like, yeah, I wish you weren't <laughs> fucking voting. But you, at the same you time, tend to bring them out, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I, I would rather you not be voting for president or for local politicians or anything like that. But again, you know, you go back to the, you know, the government is supposed to be representative of the people. So we need to have representation for people that are, you know, maybe not the smartest or are, I don't know, just people from different, all kinds of different backgrounds. It doesn't, I don't know. I mean, everybody deserves to be represented. You know, I, I've even... I totally agree. wrestled wrestled with the issue about um I mean not not I didn't really wrestle with it too much but like uh felons voting you know people are like you know some people feel very strongly that felons should lose lose their voting rights for their for their life and I'm like maybe they should lose their felon maybe they should lose their voting rights while they're incarcerated because they're serving a sentence but like you, the whole idea of serving a sentence is that you fucking justice has been done and like yeah, that should be the end of it. And also, not not only that, but the the bigger point of it for me was like maybe some of the issues that led this person to committing whatever crime that they committed to become a felon, maybe that's an issue that needs to be represented too, and they can vote for a particular person that represents their interests. So maybe we can you know, solve some kind of issue by letting yeah, well, their voice be heard as well. 
Well, I'll agree with you. A, first of all, we all know that not all felonies are created equal. Yeah. I mean, anybody that thinks that every single felon, uh, full stop, uh, should never vote, uh, has never walked out of their buddy's house who happens to live within like 250 feet of his school and peed off their back deck. <laughs> congrats. Congrats. This, this dude. sounds like personal no more gun story. ownership. No more. No, it's actually, it's a dream of mine. I, I would love to have <laughs> wander out into my buddy's backyard and have the cops, you know, tase me when my yeah. dog. No, I was no. thinking like marijuana or some shit, you know, like, and, sure. and then not only to get a felony, but like, let's say, you're an idiot and you get three felonies for weed and and then you get the three strikes rule from joe biden yeah. and you're in prison for life now for fucking marijuana that's about to be nationally legalized probably you see know? and that's like, that's all that's all based off like the idea obviously three strikes that's america's pastime well we're we're multi-baseball we're, we're moving on to to football now can we just call this a tie and not put it on my record like that's how <laughs> soccer games end right it's yeah. like nobody won, nobody lost. We'll just play again later. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think they need to change that up if they're trying to represent the people, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I've been in a different headspace for the past few months. So when when I see people arguing about the same old things, it, I I don't come at it from the same position anymore. Like one of the best stories that has happened, uh, I think it was when Biden got in office, might have predated his inauguration, is the whole Wall Street bets thing with yep. GameStop and AMC and, and Dogecoin and everything else that was going ape shit, mm -hmm. and then um, and and then the the kerfuffle that came out when all of a sudden Robinhood locked out a lot of people from being able to buy or you know you could sell it but you couldn't buy it, which is hence why I got my uh... oh nice I was wondering what that said yeah I like, didn't even very oh, nice. Sorry. Sorry, I got I got fuck on your screen like the whole time I'm talking, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fuck Robin Hood. No. Um, you saw what uh, my last guy's shirt said, right? Uh, Chris Camp, the officer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, sexual preference or sex? Yeah, my sexual yes, preference is like often or something. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> yeah, I'm. It's gonna be like a new theme now. I'm gonna require everybody to wear a funny shirt when they come oh, on. Oh, dude, I got a shitload. Of, well, not funny shirts. Mm. whatever provoking provocative shirts whatever yeah i do have those i do have those but uh i was like yeah i'm gonna pull out the old fuck robin hood shirt for for dave very nice because i remember you were talking about uh you know you were diamond hands in like a motherfucker apparently yeah i've bought back in too really yeah i'm holding right now i've got like 11 i've got like 11 shares right now of of uh gme Ooh. Only... Like, I mean, it's it, it just keeps, you know, pumping. So I'm like, it's going to, I'm going to hold it for at least like one more and probably pull it out because I don't know. I mean, there's literally no way to, to know when this is going to end. <laughs> it could fucking tank tomorrow yeah. and I'm I'm out. But, uh, that, but I think that there's at least hit. one more pump in it, you know? Uh, yeah, possibly. For sure. I mean, in fact, nobody saw the first one coming unless you were already in that Reddit thread and were hip to it. But uh, those lucky bastards. There's actually a lot of. Have you saying, watched it lately? No, I'll be honest. It jumped. I, it jumped up to the to. Okay, so the January twenty eighth high was like three hundred and fifty. You know, somewhere around there, three fifty. Uh, mm -hmm. And then it dropped back down to like fifty bucks, or you know, somewhere around there. 
yeah. and it kind of slowly brought steam back up like got into around 100 or whatever and then like two weeks ago it shot back up to 350 again son of a fucking bitch and now it's back down to, now it's back down to like it dropped to 170 and then it dropped a little bit lower and now it's right back up to like 190 because so. when you first texted me when it was happening and you're like are you seeing this shit and i was in tennessee for work i was up there for a week so i didn't have you know i didn't have all i, I wasn't at home and so i just had my phone i was like fuck i'm hearing things but i, I can't i can't get in i can't do anything with this and so by the time I finally got in, it was, it had already soared and it, it was just kind of like, Oh, hold, hold, hold. No, <laughs> keep holding, keep holding you fucks. So I finally got out at like one twenty-five, and I was like, God, never again. I mean, that was yeah. fun. I yeah. will gladly go lose money. If we're, if we're putting hedge fund, uh, you know, companies out of business, I will, I will applaud the chaos and I'll even donate to the cause. But I got out and I didn't even turn back until all of a sudden they were making, uh, they were making waves again, like a month later. And it was like, it's doing it again. I was like, these mother fuck. <laughs> somebody warned somebody, you know? Right. Yeah. Throw no, me. I started, I started, uh, paying a lot more attention to Reddit and I joined a, um, uh, discord from, you know, one of the guys that I, that I keep track of on YouTube. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't. I, I, I don't, try to keep up with it a little bit. I don't have enough time to pay the amount of attention where I could actually be lucrative in it. Um, mm -hmm. it I dabble in it, and occasionally, if it's a slow day and I have a you know some time to get involved, I can I can have some fun in it. But it's just not anything I can fully devote myself to. I got too many shit posts of yours on Facebook to read through to. <laughs> Same. See any, see the, watch the candlesticks. Or I have to type those things out and then I have to respond. <laughs> I, I swear to God, man, I think that you almost have like an app where you just have them scheduled to be released like every six hours. Cause every time I, like to me, Facebook is, is, is a relic. Uh, when you have Telegram, Signal, Discord, uh, it, well, you used to have Parler, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You, get, you have all these other ones that it's gone days, mainly the last 30, 30 out of the last 50 days anyway, where I didn't even open Facebook. Uh -huh. I was like, yeah, there's nothing in there. It's all vanilla pre-approved. If you say anything even halfway worth listening to, it gets, you know, zapped out of existence. Um, but every time I open it, your message is right there. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> It's like every time I open it, it's a different one. And it's that day. And I'm just like, you must have a secretary or something, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just like kind of ADD and I can't mm -hmm. focus too long. I'm reading all fucking day for school. So I'm having to take like short mental breaks. And yeah, during my mental break, I just decided to write a fucking essay on uh, police shootings or <laughs> Joe Biden sucks or <laughs> Yeah. The the funny thing though is like I mean, I could have guessed it, but you know, I start as soon as I start shifting my focus to Biden since he's the relevant one that's actually the president now. You know, all these people fucking jumping in still slobbing on the orange knob like, "Oh yeah, you idiots should have voted for Trump. Look, Joe Biden sucks." Dude, like, that che that Cheeto dust has got addictive chemicals in it, man. We all know this. Yeah. Um but 
Okay, I remembered now one thing I was going to say earlier uh, about what the uh, original concept for this episode was, was diving into Biden's current presidency and what's been going on for the last couple months. And I was like, you know, it's it's way harder to be able to know what's going on or it just takes more work. It takes more effort now because there's no there's no bad press from reputable people. I mean, you can go to the same, you know, go to Breitbart, go to Fox News, and you'll find all the Biden's taking us right to hell. But it's <laughs> nothing like the last four years, where it's like, I want to hear something critical about our president. It's like, oh, okay, Jesus fucking Christ, okay. <laughs> but now it's yeah. like, I want to hear some legitimate criticisms of Biden. And unless you already know the 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 people that you can trust respect whatever that have been solid no matter who's the president mm -hmm. it's not out there you got to look for glenn greenwald's um for me the jimmy doors aaron Mate's, um libertarians mm. uh because they they seem to be the most consistent even though there's a whole ass load of shit that i'm just sick of with libertarians or at least the party and the Beltway Libertarians, the Nick Sarwalks of them, I, oof. it's it's bad enough for Adam me. Bates. Not, not a fan of him. I I, I, I didn't think you would a lot be. Of, I see you post a lot of stuff about him, and, um, and that's because he a, he's always he's got a gripe with the uh, the Mrs. Caucus. Yeah the the Mises Caucus Mises the Mises which, which I am a part of. I'm a, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm a dues-paying member. Uh, I was actually on a Zoom call with them sun Saturday, Sunday. Shit, I don't know. Maybe even it might have even been Monday. I'm bad with days, but um, they're the only part of the Libertarian Party that I see that has the balls to say no. We're we're not going to we're not going to try to placate to uh the the social justice warrior identity politics left we're we're not even going to speak their language because they're not they are not libertarian they do not share our values they would gladly violate your private property rights they don't give a fuck about that so why are you trying to garner favor with people that despise you that they, they will never become libertarians leave them alone and go after people who want uh, individual freedom, you know, individual responsibility to be left the fuck alone. There's part of being on this, you know, uh, identity politics left stuff is it's incumbent upon you to not leave people alone because everyone is inherently doing something that you think is a violation of some new made up thought crime that you just created. So we must not leave you alone because silence is violence and blah, 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 blah. And so any libertarian that is seeking to speak that language to hopefully, you know, get them on our side, I'm not interested in. It's a waste of time. The libertarian party is already a waste of time. You know, oh, we got 3.5% this time. That's a huge success. You're, you're not converting minds of people. You're, you're doing a piss poor job and spending your time in the left. I don't think is going to do anything for you. I think it's going to get a lot more people to vote for Trump like I did instead of for Joe Jorgensen because she was, or who, at least whoever was running her Twitter account, which if she can't even fully uh, affect her own campaign, 
she didn't have a shot to do shit if she was to become president. So, yeah, I voted for Orange Man just as a protest vote against my own Libertarian Party. That's how angry I've been <laughs> the last six, eight, nine months uh, about what I've seen coming through the political forums. Anyway, that was a very long response you didn't ask for, uh, but no, you're good. I mean, there. I see where you're coming from. Uh, the uh, I, I mean, obviously, I disagree with some of that. Like I. I I know like why you don't want to focus on issues like race and stuff like that or being like anti-racist or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, no, we just have different thoughts on that. But I, you know, I, I personally think that in a perfect world, we will, we should be able to just, you know, be colorblind or whatever and, and act like it's, you know, something that we don't need to talk about. But I think until we actually, um, handle a lot of the issues that that are like you know they're already out of the bag and they're you know provably you know race issue topics like mm-hmm. the race issue has to be talked about until i don't know and it, at some point hopefully we can get away from it but i don't know when the fuck that is never if they have their way because it's a it's a tactic in order to put others down so that they can retain their influence. If they didn't have any influence, if this wasn't being bought into, you wouldn't hear it ever again. It's working for them. And but it's bought into because it actually exists too. Yeah, and it's never not going to exist. That's why I'm like, okay, how much effort are we going to put into fighting this thing that uh it I don't feel is really affecting as many people as we're led to believe. I don't think every interaction that negatively affects a black person only affects them because they're black. No, I, I agree with that. But there's like, so there's a lot of different factors that play into that though. And it's like, just like anything I mean, else, just course. like anything else, just like that white but, guy. But would you agree successful, that didn't just get successful because he's white? There's a lot of factors in that. Of course. Same thing with the black guy who is successful. Even the non rappers or athletes, you know, the regular business people that, uh, you know, it, they go to school, get an education and accomplish things. There's a lot of factors that got them to that point. And not everything is whittled down to if something bad has ever happened to somebody, it's because of inherent racism that's baked into the system that now, instead of fighting the, the negative parts of the system, as far as uh, the power that they have, we're going to now fight it as a racist problem. Well, good luck trying to convert every single human being to never be racist because I've looked at everything that they have to say and what they stand for. Um, and it's, it's a, first of all, it's never ending and it's an impossible quest because you're talking about thought crimes. You're talking about uh, people thinking incorrectly and you're trying to change how people think and and if they don't they can't be part of your society i'm not interested in that i want you to be able to be to be as free to think whatever you want even if it's the most fucked up shit ever but just as long as you're not physically acting out or taking something away from somebody i don't care mm-hmm. and and because I, I think where i so like where i stand on it and i agree that like at a certain point it becomes a hindrance on progress uh, like you know, last night I tried to have a conversation about, 
uh, you know, I, I made a post on Facebook that it surprisingly didn't get much reaction from anybody, but uh, I, I put everybody saw that it was like, nuclear and they're like, mm -mm. probably honestly, but it was the, <laughs> the one about the, all of the white people that have died at, at the hands of police and the police mm -hmm. officers, whether they were white or black, they didn't either didn't get charged at all, or they got tried and, mm -hmm. uh, never got convicted for it. And even, you know, the Daniel Shaver case, not only did he get away with, you know, I would say murdering that, that, you know, he, he was fucking gunned down with his hands yeah. in the air, like, you know, an arm, whatever he fucking claimed PTSD and is getting a paycheck for the rest of his life. And it's of like, of course, of course, so, he's, got so, mental illness. he's got mental illness, bro. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta pay him now. Sorry. Whitey yeah. died, but, uh, he's going to get rich. So, but yeah, well, well what I was going to say is that, uh, like, so, so when we talk about police, like police issues and criminal justice reform, you know, it's a lot deeper than a race issue. So like basically what I said at the end of like my long rant was like the way that I personally would like to frame it is that like, look, this entire issue is really fucked up, but you know, we can acknowledge the fact that, you know, black people will face the, the brunt of it. And that's for multiple reasons. It's, it's not just, it's not like black i mean it's not like cops just literally wake up and they're like i'm gonna go kill a black guy today you know it's yeah. not like in some inherent like race been, like solely race-based hate or something like it's that been it's 23 like, days since i gunned down an innocent unarmed black man I right it's, it's like time. there's it's like, so many fucking things that go into that it's like policing yeah. yeah i mean we could talk about that shit the, for the entire day but it's mm -hmm. at a certain point it does a disservice to your progress to only talk about just black victims and and talk about how white people always get justice and whatever but yet daniel shaver's mom and dad don't have a son and the person that murdered their son is getting paid for the rest of the for, for the rest of his life you know it's like yeah and they're not even like and i've said this before and i'll continue to say it as soon as they stopped at race and made it a race issue i'm out i'm not interested in race I don't give two flying fucks about anybody's race. If you're being mistreated, um, that is what should be combated. If, if the state or the teeth of the state, that being law enforcement, are the ones at fault, then you go after them for the thing they did, not because the thing they did was to a person with a certain immutable characteristic. I, I don't, I, I, have zero desire to wade into the race pool. You know why? Because I, I, I can't do shit about mine and you can't do shit about yours and nobody can. So what it comes down to is a thought issue. You have to think like this now. Well, fuck you. Fuck you. My thoughts didn't hurt you. That baton across the back of your head did mm -hmm. by somebody who didn't respect your rights. That's the problem. Race has nothing to do with it. Even if that guy hit you over the head because he straight up is racist and he only did it because you're black, I'm still against it because it's called assault. <laughs> and if we can get rid of assault, then everybody benefits, even the black people. You would think that that would be something that might, you know, be uh, positive that would get people to say, I'm down with that. Let's stop trying to divide people based on things they can't control. And let's try to stop the things they can, like physically attacking somebody as a member of the state. 
but I'm just crazy. I don't know. I, maybe we can get back into this race thing for another 50 years and see how better off we are, you know, 25, 30 years down the road. It ain't going to be good. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's just like the, um, whether you place importance on like empathy, I guess is like, so your version and my version aren't really that far apart. It's just like my version is like, I'm more empathetic to, you know, minorities that get affected by this stuff more so than other people do. And you're just like, well, you know, we can be sensitive about it or we can just fucking talk about the root cause, which I am a fan of focusing on root causes, you know, and, I, and avoiding emotion and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, it's just like my, you know, my natural response is to say, yeah, it it, it is worse for you. But also the entire issue is fucked up and we need to fix the entire issue. Here's my take. Stopping at race is I don't want to stop at race. I don't I don't know if I made well, that clear. About no, it. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm I'm just I'm just saying this is why I'm so against it that I won't even entertain it. Because stopping at race saying this minority group is disproportionately affected, that's short sighted empathy. Because you're leaving out anybody that's not a part of that race into that conversation saying they need to come along too. Because the way that I see it is, okay, so what's the issue? Impoverished people uh, that have all these setbacks that can't get ahead. Cool. Let's look into this. Let's find out. Let's find out the, the economic factors, the socioeconomic factors, the cultural issues, the, uh, the educational issues. Um, let's, if we're going to solve this, then let's, let's be bold and solve it for everybody that is affected by this. And here's the thing, everybody who's affected by anything isn't all one thing anyway. You're going to have Hispanics, Asians, white, black. We're a diverse country. There's mm -hmm. not just one particular type of person that's getting it worse than everybody else. They're, okay, if you say, but if, you know, 70 some odd percent of impoverished people that experience this happen to be black, so we must just immediately chalk it up to racism. No, no, I, I, I cannot and will not go there with you because what you're doing is saying that other 30%, you're not as sexy to me. You're not, you're not, you're not, uh, I can't have self-loathing over your problems because obviously the only reason why these black people are in this position is because America took part in slavery. That's it. Because everybody knows slavery so bad that any bad thing that they're still experiencing has to be some derivative of that. And if there's a white guy that's experiencing that or anybody else, well, then they just misuse their privilege and we're just going to write it off and we're not going to, we're not even going to pay it any attention. And that's, that's how I see it. I could be vastly mistaken. Um, yeah. But I, that's, I, that's where I see, I see it a little bit differently because, yeah. well, I, at least, so I don't know if you meant to like just minim minimize it to just, just slavery but it's not like it's a lot more than just slavery. <laughs> like, no, I understand. I understand. But I'm, I'm simplifying it so that I can whittle it down to. Uh, to make it sound stupid. So you don't. The, so the your message argument come, sounds better. <laughs> that's the that's the essence of arguments. <laughs> it's politics. Yeah. But no, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, I, we can we can jump to another subject in, in a second here. But I mean, basically, to me, it's I, I feel like it is extremely relevant to talk about, you know, 
and part of the issue is that a lot of white people will say, oh, well, you haven't been slaves for 300 years. And, you know, my my parents didn't own slaves, whatever. And that just completely negates all of the other terrible fucking and most of this is state, you know, enforced atrocities on on black Americans. And it's like, yeah, more black Americans are impoverished, not just because they were slaves 200 years or however many hundred years ago, but all of the continual you know, legislation that the government has pushed out, including our current fucking president right now, over the last 30 years has has pushed out the worst fucking criminal justice policies, like of our lifetime, at least. And it has disproportionately affected black people. And so it's like, yeah, it's, it's worth talking about because, and and also if you, if you don't talk about these other things, then there are the, um, I don't know what the word I'm trying to look for, but uh, I don't know, like advantageous or whatever white people that are, that'll, that will just point, you know, point at the point at the numbers on the, on the sheet and say, look, well, black people were more criminal. And, and it's that, that's the, that's as simple as it gets for them. It's like, well, yeah, but look, black people are more criminal. So of course they're arrested more, mm-hmm. but like, why are black people more criminal because they're just inherently criminal people or they, you know, is there environmental aspects to that? Is there like a history of, you know, pol- the government literally pumping crack cocaine into their neighborhoods and then and then imprisoning them at a 100 to 1 ratio uh, sentencing compared to powder cocaine that white people use? Like there's it, oh, it needs on. to be it, it has I to be talked about some Cubans like use it, too. But yeah, <laughs> I'm just fucking with it. But here's my here. OK. And that is that is like the argument. My thing is. Okay, well then your problem should be with the state, not with my problem is with the state. Well, and that's and and that's why you and I are still friends because if if you were oh, because if if you were like no, we got to fight white supremacy and your whole thing was all about anti-whiteness, um, yeah, I'd be gone. But <laughs> my point is is when they're when every problem is like rooted down to well it's a it, it they're upholding white supremacy my whites they're just out there being all supreme and shit i'm like what <laughs> the fuck are you talking about yeah and that's why i'm saying okay your problem is with the state and your problem is with the power that the state holds to where they can enact policies that affect you that way your problem ain't with me i'm not doing any of that shit so if you want a common uh ally in this fight have the right target your target isn't yeah your your tactics and your target seem to be a little you know a little off at times right and 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 the and the message that you put out there is highly polarizing and it makes people like me who's like the the problem's over here The, the the problem is right the fuck there and and you're way the fuck over here the problem's in DC and you're front of AutoZone. What the <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. And exactly. and if I criticize it, I'm exemplifying my privilege. And it's like you're so not even attempting to fix the thing you claim is hurting you. I can't take you seriously. I've got to move on with my day. Good mm-hmm. luck. Yeah. And that's that's kind of just how I'm I am because it's like we don't have the same interests. We don't have the same we don't have the same perceived enemy. You think that somehow I'm wrapped up in this and I don't, I don't want to engage with people at all 
that think that way. I have, I am of no use to them and likewise the other way. Yep. Yeah, I can see that. Well, let me try to share my screen real quick. See if this works. Okie doke. Um, ah, yes. Biden administration urges the Supreme Court to let police enter homes without warrant and seize guns. And this is the Coniglia versus Strom case. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. said that. Um, trying to find the most relevant part of it. They, I don't know why they're advertising female swimsuits on here. Well, that's who's going to come kick your door down. It's going to be confusing <laughs> to everybody. No, yeah. it's it's just funny to me after the year that we just had last year. You know, a big part of that was fighting no knock raids. Um, one that uh, you know, oh, Rand this is Paul. actually this isn't. Sorry to cut you off. This is actually like an updated version of it that I haven't even read yet. So they did the oral arguments last week, last mm-hmm. Wednesday, I think. And then, so I think this is from like last Sunday or like not this past Wednesday, like two days ago, but like prior week. And then uh, this article is from last Sunday, I think, or no, last Friday. You Um, know, it it really bums me out to see Biden try to out Trump Trump with this whole like fuck due process talk. It's like, hey, man, that was the orange man gig. You you can't you can't out orange the orange man, but he's trying. Yeah, no, this shit is ridiculous, man. And it's like, so you brought up like how there's, you know, basically the, the coverage is not the same. Mm-hmm. That's a, a multifaceted topic in its own. Of course, like, obviously fucking liberal media sources are not going to be, you know, so <laughs> critical, critical. <laughs> Did you but... see the press conference and every reporter in there was pre-approved and they're like, we think you're doing a great job, Joe. Um, no, I don't watch any. I honestly I haven't. I don't even watch news. Like I don't watch. I I like if I hear about something or if I want to look up a specific topic, I'll go looking for it. But I don't watch. The, I don't watch news. I do for the torture because I'm full of white rage and self hatred. Yeah. No, I mean like the the officer Chauvin or whatever the fuck his name is case nope. is has been being streamed. So I'll like tune into that for a little bit. But like in general, I'm not watching like press conferences and stuff like that but this uh fucking this this case this caniglia case do you know the facts of it so wait real quick let me okay uh let me see if i know we'll we'll do a uh oh you're gonna get know if i'm yeah 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 yeah, yeah. okay is this the one where it was uh it was a married couple they had an argument husband came out laid the gun on the table and said if you're so fed up with me then just kill me and then like long story short he went to the hospital am i getting it am i close yeah no that's it okay i'll let you tell it though because you might actually know the details and i just know the the snapshots no i mean that's pretty much it that's my the extent of my knowledge too is um is that i mean they got yeah so they got into argument and yeah he he brought out his gun and laid it on the table and was like why don't you just get it over with kill me now or something like that so she they continue to argue she leaves the house comes back i think she came back like the next day or whatever and calls the cops and is like um i i want you to like i don't know if they escorted her to her house or if they met her there or what but she was like i think my husband's suicidal and he is like um you know this is paraphrased off of the articles that i read so i don't i don't, I don't know the exact facts so mm-hmm. you know don't hang me if i fucking got something wrong here but white people uh, are out of the hanging business dave you're good now we, well, we we let that go decades ago allegedly 
but uh <laughs> fucking he says basically like my mental health isn't your fucking business <laughs> leave me alone uh that's not what he really said but that's what that's my my version of it because fuck the- what i what i heard was that he he went to uh hospital or something like that yeah no so he told them originally he was like i'm fine leave me alone and they're like basically begged him to go get evaluated and he was like you know he resisted them by saying like this is none of your business i'm fine and then eventually he was like all right i will go get a mental evaluation for you promise me that you are not going to take my weapons from me Mm -hmm. they were like okay we won't so he was like i do not consent to a search of my house i do not consent uh, to a seizure of my weapons mm-hmm. he leaves and they talk to his wife and they're like hey by the way your husband said that we could search the house and take his guns yep and she's like oh well, shit if he said it then yeah go ahead and then she showed him exactly hey here's the gun she yep. brought him yep. she if, brought him if, to if, the guns and they took that shit yep and yeah. so that's a warrantless search and seizure uh they only got consent from one person and if you're married like i don't know the exact wording of it but basically if there's if there's multiple people that live in a house that are adults you have to get consent from each adult to search the house or to search specific rooms of houses and stuff like that like when my parents owned the house and were trying to get cops to come search my brother's bedroom for meth they were literally like that sorry we can't just go into his bedroom because you told us to like he's an adult we have yeah. to get his consent too and uh yeah so it's just like uh their their defense right now is called the community caretaking exception and that exception was originally created for vehicle inventory searches when let's say you get arrested for your DUI nobody can pick you up or take your or take your car off the road mm-hmm. if they have to impound your car they can do like a, a community caretaking seizure of your vehicle to get it off the roadway and they impound it. And then because they have to impound it in their lot for safety, they have to search the vehicle and inventory what's in it. That's not supposed to be a seizure or a search for like criminal shit. That's just supposed to be like, Hey, we got to take care of your car. Cause it's on the fucking roadway. And yeah. We unless we found a thousand dollars in cash and then whoops. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, and that, that absolutely does get abused as well. Yeah. But, it was literally never intended to be used for houses. And uh, from what I did read of part of the oral arguments, they brought like the the defense attorneys brought brought that up and, or not the defense attorney, it was the prosecution or I can't remember. The, the lawyers that are representing the old man whose guns were taken from him mm-hmm. said when this specific exception was brought up, it was actually explicitly uh, like separated by like this is different because it's a car on the side of the road it's not the same thing as a warrantless search of a house and now these cops are trying to say well, now it's a community caretaking we can do a warrant search a warrantless search and seizure of your home yeah because if a car is an extension of your home obviously it works upstream <laughs> i just hope that the cops use the dave Chappelle defense and they just go i didn't know i couldn't do that <laughs> see how that plays out yeah well but- the, a good thing though well i don't know i i have a feeling it's actually going to work out like the right way um mainly because well for a couple reasons but even the liberals on the court are pretty 
from what I read today, I don't know if you saw that post about the Fourth Amendment from my cybersecurity class, Mm-mm. but uh, the reading for today for cybersecurity was like strictly Fourth Amendment, uh, and they relayed that to like you know obviously cyber like you know cell phone data and stuff like that, and you know what how how does the Fourth Amendment transfer to like our digital digital information and stuff like that mm-hmm. but it was a very thorough write-up of the fourth amendment and how the supreme court has, has been ruling on it and the most recent cases under the current um supreme court have been very like pro citizens and is, have especially like even with data stuff like that um even sotomayor has been like yeah you you need to either have a warrant there's plenty of exceptions already that exist for warrants so if it falls under like an emergency exception or they consented to the search or mm. you know countless other exceptions then those are the times that you don't need a warrant but you need a warrant you got to get a warrant <laughs> so yeah yeah um, when, when it looks like it might be good it, it fucking better be because if you're seizing personal property, the rights should overwhelmingly be on the citizen side, and that should not even be questionable or you know up for debate. Obviously, yeah, there's circumstantial stuff that could be brought up, but uh, I I'm not creative enough to think of one where it's like, oh yeah, no, the state totally has all the the yeah, no, it's like uh. Well, reasonableness is part of the Fourth Amendment. It's unreasonable searches and seizures. So if it's like, that's why, you know, exigent circumstances is an exception for a warrantless search. That's like a fucking building is burning or, uh, you know, an active shooter runs into a house. They can fucking go into that house and and try to get the guy if they want to. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, something something extreme like that. You know, it's not just like, um, well, we feel like you might be suicidal or something so we're just gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna go to a judge with you know evidence of probable cause or anything like that we're just gonna do what we want and call it community caretaking yeah and yeah. uh what they're what the attorney brought up which i thought was a fantastic point and probably the probably the best fucking point that you can make is that community t- their their argument for community caretaking is that it's like um like public like public health and like, you know, potential criminal activity or something like that. And he was like, that's literally all police, all of the police's job is like dealing, dealing with public health, public safety and criminal activity. So if we're going to boil it down to, you can, you can have a warrantless search for community caretaking. Anytime you see a public health incident or criminal, you know, possible criminal activity or something like that, then you literally have just eviscerated the fourth amendment. So. Yeah, because when everything's left up to interpretation, it's all about how good of an argument are you able to make and how many people can you convince? Um, And that's the terrifying thing about, you know, certain people having that level of power that don't share the same values as you do because they can do some really terribly fucked up things with it. And that's why I think it's, that's why I think it's very important for people to be, as educated as they can be about the issues like i'll never know everything about any one thing uh but i want to know as much as i can so that i won't um just blindly go along with oh that guy made a good argument and i think and just being like well you know there there's this whole thing over here that prevents them from being able to do what they just convince you that they can do Mm -hmm. um I, i think that the benefit to 
knowing what the fuck is going on and and having a, a gauge on um a lot of this stuff i think it's important and i think it it's inherently beneficial to those that are interested enough to find out things like this and and you going to law school is forcing you to take a look at things in manners that i never would be able to um i'm just not that smart but um i find it vastly interesting a lot of the stuff that you're the way that you perceive things from a legal or technical aspect about um the legality of issues i look at things more of uh, a cultural and societal uh, breakdown, but I don't have any legal, you know, oh, well, in this case, they already established this. And because of X, you can't do Y. Therefore Z should never be. a yeah. thing. I'm more of a, can't we all just un- agree that this is all pretty fucked up? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's a footnote somewhere, but I, I lost it. Yeah. The, no. And I feel that too. Like, I mean, that's, it all boils down to that for me. I'm like, what, what the fuck? Like, this is stupid. This is terrible. We all know this is wrong. Yeah. But yeah, it yeah. is helpful and pretty cool to, to have like, you know, the extra, the extra knowledge of how the history of it has unfolded and how courts, how courts actually listen to the, the legal arguments of it and all that crap. Yeah. Well, like you mentioned a minute ago, the Derek Chauvin trial, I've been, uh, watching or not watching. Um, uh, I've been listening because there's nothing really to watch. There's nothing to see, right. especially after the first couple of days. I mean, good God, they showed every angle of video that we've already seen, uh, 55,000 times. Mm-hmm. And so there was nothing new visually really, uh, before the trial started, they released a, uh, body cam footage of an arrest, uh, George Floyd arrest in May of 2019. And I watched that whole thing cause that was new. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least information I hadn't seen before, but anyway, so I'll, I'll just always have it on in the background and I'm listening to it. Like today I was out on a job site for, I don't know, 10 hours and I just had my earbuds in, had it on YouTube and in my pocket and I was listening to the whole thing the whole day. And it's fascinating to me, um, how the legal system works and people making arguments, um, trying to sway the jury or you know in this case it's only being aired because they're trying to allow it to seep into public opinion even though i think most everybody in the public has their mind made up um but have based on what you how much either a lot or a little that you've paid attention to that case has it has anything happened yet that has made you have a certainty or a stronger sense of how that one's going to turn out um, well, to be honest, I haven't paid that much attention, but I've tried to keep up a little bit and I've listened to like a couple of different podcasts that, you know, put it in a smaller package. Um, but it's been a couple of days since I've gotten any kind of like updates on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did hear some things that I thought were interesting. Um, and that theoretically should have some effect like, you know, for like one, a, a huge topic in these cases is jury selection and, um, there's like a the new york times has a podcast called the daily and mm-hmm. um they went over this was before monday before it ever started they just went over jury selection they played some of the interviews of the jury panels and like both the defense and prosecution asking them you know very 
pointed questions to try to get their their leanings yeah um <clears throat> which i thought so that was pretty interesting to listen to and in anyways in the end they basically said that they ended up with like a more diverse jury than what the actual population is like i think it's like a 30 30 black jury and mixed and mixed race and something like that and it's more it's more diverse than than what the population is so that's mm-hmm. um that that conversation alone you know if if derek chauvin ends up being acquitted then you know that's one part of the discussion that that kind of goes you know it goes away because in you know in previous things it's been like oh well of course they didn't convict him because it's like mostly white people on the jury or whatever mm-hmm. so that you know taking care of issues like that kind of helps get rid of that race conversation in general like make it rep- make it a representative jury and then we don't have to question whether or not they they were racially biased to begin with so they checked that box they they made sure that you know the defense was able to get some more conservative leaning minds in there. The prosecution was able to get some more liberal leaning minds in there. So, um, who knows, uh, who knows how they're going to, who knows how they're going to decide on it. You know, I guess mm-hmm. that, de- that depends on the facts and who actually does a better job of arguing their stance. But, uh, there was that. And then there was also some of the like prior conduct of Chauvin that they're allowing. I don't know if it's been presented yet or not, but, um, not, not that I've seen but right they, now. They're, uh, right now they're going through the state's witnesses. And so anybody that's not hip to how trials go are probably watching this going, this is a slam fucking dunk <laughs> because they haven't even gotten to uh, right. the defense yeah. uh, witnesses yet. But Much his, less, uh, what I think is the, the prosecution got the judge to admit two prior incidences of Chauvin and one of them was actually him uh saving somebody's life and he was like awarded for it he was like treated as a hero for doing it but what he did was basically the exact opposite of what he did with Floyd and he turned somebody on their side and like when the paramedics arrived on scene they were like you you basically are the reason that this person is alive if they had laid on their stomach any longer they would have died because of um, you know, I guess it's excited delirium or, or mm. some type of suffocation or something like that. So, um, there's to my understanding to be able to prove, um, either like manslaughter or murder, especially is like, there's a, there's a, but for cause. And it's like, is him, is his conduct the, but for cause of the death, the prosecution yeah. is saying, but for Chauvin you know, kneeling on, on his neck for that extended amount of time, he wouldn't have died. And the defense is saying, uh, no, that's not really true. The reason, the real reason approximate cause that he died is, is because of the drugs and a previous unknown heart condition and you know, whatever. And he had the, he had the vid. Don't forget that he's going down as a COVID death. Oh, really? He's got to, I mean, if we're playing (laughs) by the rules. But it's not going to be the case in this instance. That was just a a small jab. Okay. I didn't know if that was like, because I haven't been paying attention. I didn't know. But he truly did have COVID. I truly did. I I truly do know that he did have COVID and he and his Before or during? Well, in March. So he and his old lady, it was found out, I think, in mid-March. And he and his old lady were quarantined for 
the end of March and most of April. And then May, he started going out and about again. His quarantine was over. And today, his old lady t- uh, testified and uh, basically said that that's when he started getting on pills again, was in May after the mm. quarantine. And she also outed their pill, their pill dealer uh, on the stand. And I was like, oh, damn, <laughs> you're you're the state's witness. Yeah. <laughs> and George Floyd was your significant other. Uh, easy. Yeah. Um, and, but let me but, uh, go ahead. Let me, ahead. Let me finish real quick. They uh, yeah. before I forget the mm-hmm. so the other the second the second half of that for the prosecution, the, the first part is but for him kneeling on his back. George Floyd would not have died, but it also needs to be foresee a foreseeable result. Uh, and, you know, you could argue that, you know, the officer didn't know exactly what drugs he was on, how much drugs he was on, if he had underlying health conditions that because he's unaware of those things or might be unaware of those things, it wasn't foreseeable that George Floyd would die solely because the knee is on his back. Yeah. But the importance of that prior conduct where he saved somebody's life by turning them on their side is like that's going to be used to say it it was foreseeable. Like not only is there the possibility that you as a veteran police officer have specifically been trained on this exact type of incident, but you actually like have, have been commended for doing the exact opposite of what you did in this case. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be hard to argue that it wasn't a foreseeable death, even without knowing about underlying health risks or whatever. And then also his rookie partner, I'm pretty sure is on tape saying, should we turn him on his side? And then like a couple minutes later, he's like, yeah, I was just really I was just worried about that excited delirium or whatever, the whatever the term is. So it's like his prior conduct says that it's a risk. His rookie partner that's right next to him says that it's a risk. All of the witness, the 15 witnesses that are in front of him screaming that he's like dying, say that it's a risk. And then um, if he was trained on it, which I think the fact that the rookie specifically brought it up tells me that their department trains them on it. Um, That specific type of training is for this exact exact circumstance where somebody either has a health condition or might be on drugs. They're at a heightened risk of death from being even just being on their stomach for an extended amount of time without a knee on their back. Correct. So like basically I'm leaning towards a conviction. I'm not, I don't, I think it's going to be absolutely impossible to get a murder charge. Yeah. Um, just because you have to prove like malice and intent. Yeah. It's, I, don't know like, that, I mean, that's a, that's a mental state. It's going to be like almost impossible to third, argue that the third degree they might get him on. Um, to me, it was a ne- negligent homo- homicide. Um, Which that's, or, or you know, yeah, I don't know if there's a difference between the two, but it's just um, different different wording. I'm pretty sure it's like it's different states have different names for it, but yeah. essentially, it's negligent homicide. Well, I mean, just like anybody else, last May when that video came out, um, it was like, oh, that dude killed him, and that was without any context, without any additional knowledge, different angles, information, just pure sensational reactionary you know feelings and that's what the that's what the nation mostly felt and then the country burned so long that people were like all right maybe i don't feel so strongly about that anymore because it doesn't seem to be gaining us anything but anyway um but that was my initial thing was like oh yeah no that cop killed him i don't 
feel that strongly about it anymore, but it's only because of the hours upon hours of additional information um, that has come out. I 1 million percent, and it's not even I believe to me, it's just like it happened. Uh, George Floyd died in the care of Derek Chauvin. Therefore, some liability is his, and he can't get away from that. Whether or not he's going to be found guilty on all the charges is hard to say because I don't know the juror's mind, and I don't know what they feel that they are really there to do. Um, you know, in the OJ trial, the jurors came out and said, yeah, we know we, we don't care if we did it. This is for Rodney King. You know, mm -hmm. we're dealing out our own justice. So the possibility of that being a factor in this case, I think, are very much present um, because of the implication. We all know if he's if somebody comes out and does something really fucked up and it's a mistrial or a hung jury and he gets off. This whole country is going to burn all over again. Everybody knows that it's not even going to be a second guess. So the implications of letting him off, I think, are so great that there's no way, no matter how good his, the defense attorneys make an argument, uh, he's going away. Personally, if we are actually seeking true justice here, and that, that doesn't take you know what you want it to be, it's just this is based on what the evidence says, mm -hmm. uh, I don't think he can be found guilty on all charges. I think that would be a far overshoot. Um, but if it happens, I understand because of the social implications. Um, you know, everything that you said about uh, being turned on his side, they, they did have the two paramedics that arrived on scene testify today. Mm -hmm. And both of them basically, basically just came out and said, yeah, when we arrived, I mean, for all intents and purposes, George was already dead. Um, that's why we didn't do chest compressions and, 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 and actually any level of medical care there on site. A, the, there was a hostile crowd. They're growing in numbers and gaining hostility. And we needed to get him the fuck out of there to a safe, controlled area that we could work on him. Because I know in the beginning, people thought, oh, this is, a, you know, either the argument for he murdered him and it was because the paramedics didn't even try to revive him. Well, there's reasons for that. Um, and, and they had a chance to go through that today. But basically, when they both came up and said, uh yeah in layman's terms he was dead when we got there I, I think that's pretty apparent you can see that now i would have been surprised if they had said oh once we got him into the back of our ambulance we noticed a, a low line uh, low level pulse and we were able to think that we could work with it that was never there that was never anything that they they had nothing to work with right and so therefore it's it's just fact that he died in the care of Derek Chauvin so he needs to be found guilty of something I just don't think it should be all of it right yeah no I don't think it will be the reason that the reason they brought three charges is because they're you know th they're throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks yeah but uh can you see my screen right now yep yeah all right so I just wanted to look at the the wording of the actual uh, charges to see what they're what they're what they're going for here so second degree unintentional murder and it has the wording in here uh, uh without intent to affect the death of it of any person while committing or attempting to commit a felony offense other than criminal sexual conduct in the first degree or second degree with for or what 
or or violence or drive-by shooting. Oh yeah, they like to put like specific types of crimes in the, in these statutes sometimes or yeah. causes the death of a human being without intent to affect the death of any person while intentionally inflicting or attempting to inflict bodily harm upon the victim. See that so that's where you have in, like intentionally like or or like with malice or stuff like that. That's where you run into trouble with convicting somebody of murder. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because they're saying they're calling it second degree unintentional murder, but it and literally then they have has in intentionally inflicting. Oh, no, no, no. Because they're intentionally inflicting bodily harm, but you didn't intend to kill them. So, and I don't, so I yeah, don't you, think that argument can be made either. Right. I, like you're I sincerely think from an emotional, Chauvin, from an emotional standpoint, people are absolutely going to say, of course, of course he wanted to, of course he wanted to hurt him, but from a legal standpoint, and that's where like, that's where people get really frustrated and pissed off is that like what your concept of intentionally hurting somebody is versus what the legal system is and what the jury is being asked are two different things. So like when a jury, uh, you know, acquits somebody, even though it doesn't line up with, you know, common like popular belief or whatever, it's because of how the phrase, like the wording and phrasing of these statutes and stuff are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and just like you said, you know, the emotional people will will already put intent there because emotion is not reason and and reason is based on evidence and facts and, you know, that kind of thing. There's a little bit of you have to put some intent in there. And if I were to put intent in there, I would say that he was his intent was to just maintain George in and controlled area that being directly under him until paramedics arrived and there was nothing that was going to stop him from carrying that out and i think that that resulted in his death but i don't think he intended on killing him i think that uh that the 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 fight in the car the the wrestling with george in the car would have lasted far longer if he was looking to do malicious shit um that might be me giving too much grace to Chauvin, but that's a pretty weird way to say, I'm going to take it out on him, you know, by kneeling on him in front of this irate crowd. Cause I really want him to die in front of these people. That just, it, it doesn't even begin to add up to me. Right. To me, it boils, being intent. To, to me, it boils down to like, it, it's an, it's negligence and like mm -hmm. a blatant disregard for human life because he, he knew from prior conduct and from probably from police training that what he was doing was definitely putting his life at risk and it was, it was negligent, but yeah, cause <clears throat> there's one thing. And if this isn't brought up in the case, then I feel like somebody missed a giant opportunity. And that is you can have all the experts, all the medical personnel, all the old friends of George, the people that were there, whatever the guy who called the cops, I don't care, but we all know, that if you're kneeling on somebody while they're breathing and that feels a certain way, <laughs> then when they're not breathing, well, by golly, that feels a different way. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as he stops breathing, that's when the necessary or the necessity to control uh, an irate subject is no longer valid because they're right. It's kind of and hard to be also irate like... if you're not breathing. Right. And I know like he's a big guy and it's, you know, it's harder than you'd think to restrain somebody, but he's fucking handcuffed. Was he not? And he had what? Three or four cops with him. 
Yeah, three others. One doing crowd control, two others. Like, um, was it really that hard for you to place the handcuffed guy on his side with the help of another cop or something? You know, it's Monday morning quarterback, but still, it's like, well, sure. What the fuck? And, and the fact that it's the biggest case. Here's the thing. If this wasn't the biggest case that broke out of last year, the most fucked up year of anybody who's alive right now lives, uh, this wouldn't even be that hard of a case to look at. Mm -hmm. and say yeah okay they clearly it's negligent um there was no need to be on as uh be on top of them for that long you know and if no crowd was there would there would he have sat there like that the whole time i don't think that's true either i mm -hmm. i don't think that he would not have relinquished his position to check vitals even though he should have and mm -hmm. he could have but I think that if it wasn't such a, a, a heated environment socially, where as soon as any, again, going back to the race thing, where any black person is yelling out because of uh, their interaction with their law enforcement, that that immediately means, well, it, it's a lynch mob. We better come out and make it known that we don't care what he did. Any actions taken by the police, we're going to fight and be against. And it's like, hey, I get it, but it's all coming from a level of hysteria that I just, I don't think it helped George. I don't think George uh, would be, you know, I don't, I don't think George was better served by this idea, this mentality, and this desire to come out and make a scene. I think he would have had four officers that after they controlled him and restrained him um, would have been able to better navigate the situation. I think it's a... a a compounding issue of multiple factors and it all starts and ends with Chauvin not doing what I think he knew he should have done. I'm not, I'm not making any excuses for him, but mm -hmm. I'm saying that uh, it wasn't just Chauvin involved in that incident. Uh, and it wasn't just Floyd. It was the three other cops and the 15 other people there. Everybody played a role. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, if I was if I was one of those cops or one of the or one of the witnesses, well, it's harder to say this for one of the witnesses because then you face, you know, fucking getting charged charges and probably get your ass beat and get arrested. But at least for what like the other cops, you know, if I'm putting myself in their shoes and I've been in similar situations in the military, like if I see something that I'm uncomfortable with, I'm going to fucking step in. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, that rookie cop, he was probably super fucking intimidated to try to, you know check the authority of a of a of a superior you know veteran officer yeah he did try to speak up but you know i bet it fucking i, I bet it it wrestles around in his mind all the time like i should have you know i should have been more adamant about it i should have fucking actually made you know try to get him off of floyd or something like that I mean, yeah. I'm I'm assuming that's what he feels like. I know that if I was him, that's exactly how I would feel about it. It was just like, it's. I think it's a valid point to say that there's a lot more people involved, and it's like a, a huge culmination of uh, net negligent acts and just I don't know. It's a lot of a lot of shit. But here's yeah. the uh, here's another charge. So it's uh, third degree murder. Whoever without intent to affect the death of another person caused the death of another person by perpetrating an act eminently dangerous to others and evidencing a depraved mind without regard for human life. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't that think that one, applies here. That to me, that sounds more like what I said. So the, like the depraved mind thing is mm -hmm. that's just like old, 
that's just like old the sure. old old verbiage or whatever but basically it just boils down to without regard for human life and that's what i i mean that that boils down to like he knew that what he was doing you know it it was it easily could have led to what happened exactly what happened but he had that knowledge in his mind and he chose to act negligently and without intent to kill like he he didn't have the intent to kill him but he still had a a a disregard for floyd's life by Mm -hmm. choosing to not do the things that he's probably been trained exactly to do so that's where like this i feel like this one is a possibility uh let's see what this right right now i don't but then again we there's still you know the travel the actual trial is only on day four and right. there's you know a couple more weeks left and the the defense is, still has to make their case they did have uh chauvin's i think lieutenant on the stand mm-hmm. today talking about uh proper use of force and what uh what situation elevates itself to be investigated and all this stuff and did he think that chauvin held his knee on him too long or basically in a roundabout way they asked him that and basically the lieutenant came out and said uh yeah once the once the uh suspect is non-responsive restraint is no longer needed and so it's <laughs> well, like shit. dude you are fucks bill you're going down for something i just don't know what yeah, it yeah. is so here's the secondary manslaughter culpable negligence whereby the person creates an unreasonable risk and consciously takes chances of causing death or great bodily harm to another so that i think at the very one, very least this he's getting this one and that's why i said manslaughter you know something like manslaughter would be yeah. in there murder i can't there's not really like a, I, I a huge deviation between this one and the previous one. The what was it? Third degree murder or whatever they called it. Third degree murder. Yeah. It's, it's I guess the depraved mind, but it's basically the same shit. It's just that this one talks about negligence. And it, it's one... more about your actions here and not your uh your mindset. Yeah, your mental because yeah. you can't once you get into mindset, it's a judgment call. Mm-hmm. It's it's that's literally either Chauvin's judgment call. That's his mindset uh, and the jury's judgment call on what the verdict could or should be is going to be their judgment call. And I think that it, if you leave it up to just, well, I, I, I think that he probably was therefore I'm going to, I think it's got to be stronger than I think he probably maybe. Yeah, I could see it. I don't think you can convict on that. I think you convict on, did his actions result in or or lend itself to ending in this result? Mm-hmm. Yes. Then it's that one. Right. And yeah. To, so me, it's, one, to me, it's simple as shit, but, uh, this one is saying that a 10 year sentence. Um, I don't know what the presumptive sentence is. I don't, I'm not really, he currently, he could serve up to 40 years. And I think that's probably the, the harshest possible outcome. And I think that now that that is the bar that has been set, the more outraged members of our uh, fine society, if they get anything less than that, they will act out in ways that we are not so unfamiliar with. And I think that's that's really the the, the reason why I'm paying attention to this case isn't because I'm trying to make up my mind on what happened um, and how I feel about it. I've, I've basically expressed to you exactly what i think happened and what i exactly i think the uh the outcome should be i don't think we'll get it because of the social pressure 
but I'm paying attention to it more because if they don't get everything they want, uh, cities will burn. And that will be a yet another very polarizing point in our, uh, in our history. And I think it's going to be terrible. And I hope, I don't hope that he gets fully charged, you know, uh, or sentenced just to save some cities. Um, that would be nice for the cities, but I don't think that that's justice either. And so what I want is justice to be served and cities not burn. Wow. What a novel idea. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Dude. And I don't think we're going to get that. What is wrong with you, Jim? I know. Just trying to be all reasonable and shit. It's not working out so good. Um, I need to make clear and, and um, clarify that my opinions right now are based off of limited information and I haven't been keeping up with the case and I'm making assumptions based off of the limited amount of knowledge that I have. Sure. So, but you see, I like the way that you approach it and that is let's look at what the charges are and and what the what the legal ease is and I'm just going, did you hear about that bitch on the stand today? She said some fucked up shit, bro. <laughs> um and you know like oh well society's you know our society will burn if this outcome doesn't come. I mean so, all of that shit is extremely relevant. Yeah. Uh it's I'm fascinated by all this stuff. The, su the Supreme Court actually talks about that uh in a, in some in some pretty big cases uh they and they're so the the Supreme Court is is funny. They <laughs> as tricksters. Yeah, they flip flop like fucking crazy. Like that's yeah. that's pretty much the number one thing that I have come away with from my two con constitutional law classes in law school is that it they're extremely inconsistent. Uh, you know, if if you're a textualist or originalist, um, you know, which is like the the more conservative um ones they will they'll claim to be a textualist and say like oh well it doesn't say that it doesn't say that gay people have rights in the constitution specifically so i'm not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna create substantive law mm -hmm. uh you know we're not gonna expand on it and just invent stuff but then when something comes up that they agree with they'll absolutely do it and, and find a way to justify it and then the liberal justices do the exact same thing they were i think uh, traditionally the 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 ones more toward you know that wanted to uh focus on substantive law and you know have evolving law because society changes and all this mm -hmm. other stuff but you know when the opportunity presents itself they'll be a textualist originalist too and look at history and talk about well this is the founder's original intent and you know this and that and it's like the whole thing is just fucking flip-flopping and bullshit like yeah and, the supreme and, court is a political tool give me and, one second i'm gonna grab sure. these i'm gonna grab these two books real quick yep go for it all right so i'm this is a plug for my this is actually my law school professor that wrote both of these but he's he's been in it for fucking like 30 something years and this is literally like what i'm talking about mm -hmm. it's called supreme myths yeah and it says why the supreme court is not a court and the its justices are not judges and it's like I like it already it's all i mean he pretty much boils it down to um what does he say um value judgments basically like your what are, what's your personal moral compass say what are your value judgments that's how that's how supreme courts 
that's how the Supreme Court rolls on on almost everything. And it's like literally one, the seat of one justice switching changes the entire history of the United States because one person's personal opinions or value judgments is different and it sways the court, you know? Yeah. And then the other yeah. one is called originalism as faith. And it's just an argument against the idea of originalism because neither side actually is an originalist. Yeah. They just apply it in times where they can seek it to be, you know, politically expedient. Yeah. Because if you're appointed by political figures, you're eventually over time going to be playing a role in politics. That's just the nature of what the Supreme court serves. And if I don't, and I might be speaking out my ass, but Supreme Court rulings are not the law of the land. The states can still choose to uh, recognize them and and apply that into their own uh, uh, governing or not. Is that is that correct or am I completely right? Off? There's a an old saying. I think it's from Marbury versus Madison, or it might be from the Federalist Papers. I, it's, I think it's from the Federalist Papers at Hamilton. Uh, so basically when they were trying to get the, the constitution ratified, uh, they had to write the constitution, the federalist papers to, to promote it to these different States. And especially like New York was one of the big ones and the Supreme court having too much power was like a huge issue for them. Mm -hmm. Uh, so basically he was arguing about how they don't really have that much power at all because they don't have, they have neither the power of the pin or the purse yeah. or well, or no, the, no, the sword, the sword, or the person, correct? Whatever it is, yeah, yeah have because pen, it's like, but not anything else. Yeah, because they, you know, Congress can legislate things, and uh, you know, the president has basically control over the military, but also executive, executive orders and stuff like that. But technically, nobody actually has to enforce. You know, there is no enforcement arm of the Supreme Court. They they make us they make decisions, and then states. Technically, you could you mean the Supreme Court doesn't have a SWAT team? I mean, <laughs> yeah. fuck, the EPA has one. What's the what the fuck is their problem? Yeah, so it's like, uh, and that's that's one of the so two of the big issues that, especially my professor focuses on, is life tenure, and also, uh, basically like too much, um, like public opinion type shit. Yeah, I mean, basically like they're they're afraid of pissing off the public because at some point if they do if they piss off the public too much then maybe the public might decide oh well you literally don't have an enforcement arm so fuck fuck your opinion yeah <laughs> you know you don't yeah. actually control anything to me the supreme court should have always only been uh, uh hearing cases uh between states that's it just taking it up that last level if there's a conflict between states. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't really, I haven't really formed a complete opinion on, on the extent of what their decision should be, but I feel like, I feel like mostly it should be uh, where on things where the constitution wasn't clear, like, um, which is most of it. <laughs> yeah, it is most of it, but it's like, I don't know. But no, it's, I hear you. It's kind of hard I, to elaborate on. I know, I know exactly what you mean, though. Well, yeah, yeah, I feel like they should. Their the scope of their jurisdiction should should have been and sh still should be like much smaller than it is. 
Yeah. For me, it's conflict resolutions that states have with other states, because I, I also operate under the uh, desire that we are really just a union of sovereign states and the federal government is so small, you don't even know it's there. But that's not the real world that we live in. That's some fairyland that is like 200 years old. I don't know. I'm, I'm old school, I guess. Um, but I think that that would just be a much better situation for everybody. And, and that goes back to what we've talked about basically this entire episode. And that is, that would be a decentralization of power and things getting pushed. I want everything pushed down to the most local thing where the thing that affects you the most, um, is what's in front of you and it's local and the federal, you know, who's president or who's on the Supreme court. It, it, literally does not affect your life uh and and not only does it not it's not it's not treated as though it does because everyone knows it doesn't like your governor should be far more important than who the president is and your your county commissioner should be far more important than who your governor is and and we got it ass backwards mm-hmm. um and i think a lot of that is with the inflation of the level of implied importance, which is now way less implied and more real, of the federal government and every institution that they now have adopted or created. And uh, it's funny, they don't go away. I don't remember the last time we saw uh, uh, closing ceremonies for, you know, fill in the three letter agency. They just keep coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that that's good in the in the long run for what this country was desired to be. Yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. Cause I would love for all the crazy socialists in Portland to live out their socialist fantasies. And I would love for, uh, you know, Alabama to be completely independent from that, but we're all tied together under yeah. this auspice of work, working and living under a government of the people by the people and for the people. Mm-hmm. What a time to be alive, David. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, I don't know. Do you got anything else you want to talk about? Or I, I was trying to find a good spot to bring it up, and I just didn't see an opening until now. With the recent very public uh, mass shootings, one here close to home and one out in the mountainous region, Apparently there was one today I didn't know about. There's also one in Virginia Beach a week or two ago that nobody heard about, but I think that's because the assailants weren't the right color. Well, Colorado wasn't either. He was until they saw his name. <laughs> um, his complexion was light. Well, they saw a fat balding guy that wasn't black, and they were like, that is a typical <laughs> a fucking white, <laughs> that dude, Fucking white that supremacist. That dude's name is Tom, and everybody knows it. Don't give me this Al Wazi or whatever the fuck. It's like, no, nah, I don't care. His name's Al. Fuck it. I'm nicknaming him Bob. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's that's white, white. That's white Al, and he's a fucking terrorist. A white terrorist, not a regular that's, terrorist. That's it. Muslims are white now. So not, it's and just hey, we're but, not we're not talking shit about Muslims here. Let's just be clear about it. No, it's nothing. But that white man, on white crime that man happening. was that man was accused of being white, and he's an Arab Muslim yeah. and 
man, that was funny to see those tweets disappear. Oh God. Like, that, I've course, wanted the, the, my favorite one is like the one that got pushed around everywhere. And the lady was like, of course, that's what he looks like or something like that. You know, it was like, Oh, I got, I saved a few. I have some receipts that I look at every now and then just for old time's sake. <laughs> they they were so obviously ridiculous. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I'm glad to welcome Muslims into being uh, white. Welcome. It's awesome. You're going to dig it. And uh, sorry about all that white on white violence that's happening in the Middle East. <laughs> I'm against it. <laughs> I didn't want all, all that happening over there. So uh, sorry about that. But yeah, there's uh, just a litany of tweets that came out. There's one that uh, it just says, it's always an angry white man. Always. And I was like, Okay. Except for today. Well, the exception <laughs> and only proves the rule. Yeah. <laughs> is what a lot of people said. Um, and do others find it strange that there have now been two mass shootings in a week now that their leader is no longer in office? Mm. By the way, that guy hated the last leader. Yeah. Um, uh, description. Police have taken him into custody. Translation. He was white. That's from at Don Winslow. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And then a couple of screenshots from him. Here we go. They've got the name redacted. Somebody went in and like actually saved this guy, the, the strife of getting ratioed, I guess, or just hate mail. But it just says, not this time, unusual. The fact that there's so much response shows how right I am about most terrorist shooters in America, right-wing male NRA. And it's a react, or it's a, him responding to his own tweet that says, I'll bet anyone my salary right now that the shooter in Boulder, in Boulder is a right-wing MAGA white male. <laughs> and it's like, he was like, okay, so not this time. It's unusual, sure. But the fact that there's so much response uh, it shows how right I am. The fact that I'm wrong shows how right I am, mm-hmm. that we all know that mass shooters are only white. So did he give us a salary or not? No. <laughs> No, I'd looked. I was like, I don't know. What's your Venmo, bro? Yeah, for real. I'm waiting on the government stimmy. They seem to be holding up. What you got? (laughs) (laughs) So what was your, I guess you had a question bringing it up, right? Well, it's funny because obviously the Biden administration is pushing for gun control hard. We just read the thing. That Coniglia case would fucking help them out vastly if it turns out in his favor. Correct. And it just so happens that all of a sudden, poof, poof, two mass shootings. Fuck, it's not a white guy in the second one. All right, let's pull out. You hear nothing about Boulder anymore. Um, there, Except in the beginning, oh, my God, he had an AR. He had an AR. What about well, Publix in Atlanta? Uh, and, well, that's another one. You know, they covered it immediately. Well, A, because they had to, because it's such a public place. They shut down the whole area. I had a buddy of mine who was working in that area. They closed down and secured the building he was in, wouldn't let him leave. And even when it was time for him to leave, because he was like, I don't live here. I don't work here. I didn't ever go in Publix. My meeting with the client is over. I have another meeting that I have to get to. Can mm-hmm. I, am, am, am I being detained for something? <laughs> <laughs> I know the old. Yeah. Anyway, before he, before they would allow him to leave, they searched him and his car. And I, I would imagine... I would imagine that he had to your buddy. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's a white 48 year old dude. Uh, 
definitely did not fit the description of the guy in the bathroom. But again, that one, you have to start Googling to find out what came of that. I know you had to go local. You had to go local like WSB Atlanta to even get a picture. Yeah. Well, and I know the guy waved. CNN and ABC and all these other national news networks said a man in Atlanta was arrested with five guns and body armor. Mm -hmm. And people again we're like oh this is a fucking white guy who like you know what of course it's a white guy he's got five guns and body armor a 22 year old male going in yeah but yet you can't find a fucking picture of him anywhere (laughs) i found a couple but like you said you have to go super low yeah no that's what i mean though like none of the the national none of the national news networks put put out the picture of him even though he was detained without incident and there was already a picture because wsb atlanta had the picture yeah like yeah, and and same thing that fucked up story I, I I sent you that you had already seen where the the father and son had a shootout in the front yard, um, <laughs> because the father didn't oh, want yeah. his son to have that gun in his house. That so is they shot it out. Neither one of them hit each so other. Stupid. But the crazy part in that is the cops came and arrested the son again without incident, and it's like you have an armed black male who was on video shooting. This time it just so happened to be at a family member. His dad. <laughs> yeah, but the cops were able to arrest him. Nobody got shot. Uh, it, it So these kind of things start to break away this whole like, oh, he was he was walked out of there. Well, clearly white. Um, DC sniper ring a bell? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. 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 That, Serial that guy. That guy lived so long the state had to put him down. Um, after, you know, 10 years or whatever of serving the jail time. But um, the younger but, ones, yeah, he still was alive. He but, was uh, apprehended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And his whole main goal was to kill as many people as possible. And they, they kept themselves from killing him. But it's just, it's funny to me that those two stories pop up. The Atlanta story, you can't really, you don't hear anything about it anymore. The Virginia Beach mass shooting that involved three uh, three black shooters. The only reason why I heard about it is because I follow some some people that only seek out where they feel the news is heavily slanted in a particular way. Um, but other than that, it hasn't come across my channels uh, on Facebook or the news or anything. Uh, what's going on in Miami right now and the way that they're covering it uh, with the spring breakers. <laughs> they're just covering it as a COVID problem and not like a, we have a complete breakdown of, you know, most normal decency happening down here. Mm-hmm. Um, but my point about the, or what I wanted to talk about with the shootings is it's interesting to me that you have all these other things that are happening that are very similar to those that get next to no coverage and the Boulder thing dropped as fast as fuck. But they don't have to talk about the Atlanta shooting anymore because they know that they're pushing a narrative and now the narrative is on its way. Mm-hmm. And and so now it's just about the stop Asian hate. And we're just, okay, we had our launching off point. No need to go back and talk about that one because we've already made our mind up why he did it. But I remember while they were covering that story, there's so many things wrong with the Atlanta shooting and the Boulder shooting. The, the, what they wanted it to be in Boulder and what they forced it to be in Atlanta. To me, it's like, if you can't see that you're not getting the news, you're getting propaganda because mm-hmm. they are seeking out a desired reaction from you, then again, like you are the product. 
if if you don't know what they're selling, then you're what they're selling, and, right? And your reaction is what they need. Um, because just ask yourself: Does the news make more or less money when there's conflict? Absolutely more. <laughs> and it okay. Well, there's a motive. Now they thrive off of it. They thrive off of that shit. Yeah, they, I was going to bring that up earlier. It's like uh, I can't remember exactly what which which point I was going to bring it up on, but is uh, oh you were talking about like the media drives um, public it, it public opinion culture. Yeah, culture. Which is so what, what I was actually going to say is that public opinion also steers narrative, like media narrative, because they 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 show what sells, you know, fucking sex and violence sell. So that's what, you know, media and like, you know, the, like Hollywood sells sex and the, the news sells chaos, you know? So yeah. it's like, they, I guess they, they work off of each other, but yeah, it's like, yep. you know, showing, showing a white victim of police violence doesn't really sell that much. So they're not going to cover it that much. And showing a, a black shooter doesn't really sell that much. So they're not going to show it that much. Yeah. Why, why do you think the news rushes at all times to be the first to get something out? Is it for accuracy or for reaction? Reaction. Absolutely reaction. Yeah, because that's that's how they make money. The whole reason why CNN made a four-year uh, oper, you know, operative out of Trump was because they were raking in the ratings. If you, wanted to, if you wanted to hear some good fuck you Trump talk, you knew where to go. And there's yeah. a lot of people that wanted that. As soon it, as Trump makes gets it out of really office, fucking easy with his Twitter account, <laughs> or did oh, not anymore. I'll be honest, I miss the fuck out of him on Twitter. Mm. He was one of the funniest follows out there. That, He's a fantastic troll. Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And that's why I say because he was so not what we're used to and so not establishment. I think he's the closest thing as a third-party candidate actually winning the presidency because he pissed off a shitload of Republicans. And I'm talking about, like, the actual ones in office. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Mitt Romneys and shit. Gotcha. And Lindsey Graham's and really everybody that turned around and supported him later, uh, which also just goes to show how little they actually believe in their own bullshit. Um, he just pissed everybody off. He No... <laughs> they had to eventually realize okay he's he's the one who has the influence we should probably get in his wake uh, that he's making for us and try to figure out how we can benefit from it but they never he was never them and they were never and really supporting him they mm -hmm. they all wanted to see his ass gone um and in that entire time it was one of the funniest things he was by far the funniest president i don't give a shit you can hate him uh, a lot of comedians are assholes, but his his rallies were uh, one hour stand up routines. No, I, I agree with that one hundred percent. Every time I see a clip of him, like, I mean, he fucking he just trolls the Democratic Party yeah. at his at his events and on Twitter all the time. And it's like, he, yeah, I personally, I it's no secret that I hate him, but he, <laughs> I will still laugh when I fucking watch his shit because he's yeah. he's a troll. Yeah, I find both Biden and Trump wildly hilarious the only difference is is one of them was intentional right yeah biden doesn't have a fucking clue how funny he is because he doesn't have a clue about fucking anything true so <laughs> i didn't actually know about this virginia beach shooting that's why I, I was staring down at my phone there for a minute i was trying to pull it up because i didn't 
know that it even happened. Yeah. But so this was what yesterday or two days ago? No, it was. Oh, see, I'm, I'm over the weekend. The it was yeah. last weekend. Yep. Wow. It sh- this should happen over the weekend and it hasn't touched. And what was my, it like eight people? Or hasn't touched my newsfeed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it said eight, eight victims and three men have been charged. Mm-hmm. Which so, means that they were apprehended and were not killed. Yeah, another wild anomaly. Crazy. I know, I know. It's it's odd out there. But um, this goes back to our conversation earlier about when when focusing solely on solely on race, it it steers the conversation in an unhealthy direction. Mm-hmm. Like I will 100% all day be objective and talk about statistics and talk about like history and all this, all these different things about how America has and still is today racist and how black people are disproportionately affected by certain things. But when you push a narrative of literally saying and meaning it with 100% of your heart that you think that white men that kill people are basically coddled by the police and if a black person even steps outside with a gun he's gunned down on the spot then you are not being honest with anybody and that doesn't that does that hurts the conversation it completely Mm -hmm. like it just turns everything into a fucking needless a needless argument that doesn't need to be had yeah you just it's objectively false yeah you turn people like me who fundamentally would be on your side if there's injustices and bad actors in the state carrying out um, egregious actions against citizens, you turn people like me all the way off. Mm-hmm. And that's not helping your cause. So please stop hurting your cause. Exactly. I'm asking for that. Yeah. Because um, I'm not a, it's fun to come across, especially on social media with a bunch of people that I don't know as their worst caricature of what they think uh their their fake enemy is i get a kick out of it it's called Mm -hmm. shit posting it's called trolling um and i like to play into some of those typical traditional um because i think that i think that a lot of people are just insane uh with all this and and there's no way to verify or validate any of it online anyway so why not just have a ball um but I couldn't be further than what most people probably perceive me as when they just see, see me as a paragraph at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I see the conversation being what it has been recently, I want no part in it in, in all actuality in in real talk. I don't even want to be a part of it. Go figure that shit out. I, I got other shit to do. Um, Get, come back to me after you realize that all of your forced actions have only made your condition worse. And I'll be here to say, yep, sure did. You just gave the state more power and more reason to come down more heavy handed because they're using you as a political tool and you're soon going to become not so leverageable for them. Mm-hmm. You're going to, you're going to become a, a, a bigger problem than you are a profit for them and they will shed you faster than fuck. It's happened before. It's happened countless times. We've been down this road before. I can't believe we're attempting it again. Um, 
And I hope that this time I'm wrong, but I don't like to bet against myself. So, yeah. And so that's where I'm at. And I, I know that just not going along or not going with the flow uh, makes everybody think that uh, I must be against them. And I'm not, I'm just, I'm just not going to participate. I'll be on the sidelines watching you battle it out against your perceived enemy when you it, it's the other direction. You're, you're going in the wrong way, but right. Good luck. Just and counterproductive. Yes. Yeah. You're, it might feel like you have small victories now. Yay. We got our guy in office, but he's not your fucking guy. No, that's no. the biggest issue is that they don't like nobody, nobody on the left. Well, I shouldn't say nobody. I know plenty of people that don't like that do not like Biden and they wish that they didn't have to vote for Biden, but he was the DNC option. And well, they were they were going to force him through no matter what. Your votes did not matter in that, that case. They were going right. to get their guy through, and that's right. why. And that's why the whole idea of democracy is so dumb to me, because mm. you're not the one that's actually having a say so at all. The powers that be, the people that run the elections, who also happen to be in government, seem to be able to kind of dictate. They might get some things wrong, <coughs> Trump. But for the most part, they're the ones that are navigating this river mm -hmm. and they're just throwing you a paddle, but they just don't tell you they have a fucking inboard motor is, and that's the one that's actually doing the pushing. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, that's why I think, uh, I hope they, they fuck around with voting so hard that it's impossible for everybody to see how ridiculous it is. And everybody stops. I would love to see what they do uh, when they have to blatantly come out and talk about self-appointing themselves, which is basically what they're doing for a lot of this. And then everybody goes, if nobody voted, would the government cease to exist? Mm -hmm. No, they would keep going. They would just write in, they would just write themselves along. Yep. Well, you know, there is no constitutional right to vote. No. That's all state mandated. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinking that, oh, they're, they're taking my rights away. No, they're not. You don't have that right. The, by way of what the original founding and all this other shit is like. Yeah. You have that right by the state, but the state yes. can change that shit. Correct. It's not a natural right. It's not an inalienable right. Mm -hmm. It's a right that is granted by the state. And if it's given to you by the state, it can be taken away. That's why yeah. I don't want... I don't want the government in charge of my rights at all. My rights are what prevents the government from doing what the government wants to do. That's all that is. Right. Um, and the only rights I'm concerned in are natural rights. Everything else is fucking fan fiction. <laughs> but I like to oversimplify things because that's how my little brain can <laughs> hold on to concepts and ideas. Your smooth brain? Yes, very smooth. Not a dimple in it. All right. Well, I guess we can cut it at that. Um, I'm glad you came on and we'll, we definitely need to do a follow-up. Uh, anytime you want, honestly, I mean, I just, I guess let's, uh, let's try, let's try the Biden thing again. Sure. And just, just go in on them on, on some of these uh, executive. So the list of 69 different executive actions, um, a lot of that stuff I'm I don't give a shit to even talk about because it's just like 
whatever. A, but a lot of I it's would, undoing other executive orders. Some of it is just well, not even just that. Just like if it's some stupid shit that was just like mostly. Most of it's race theater. race based. Most of it's uh, uh, mandating that there's going to be a, a racially diverse sector, you know, uh, operator in this office, and it's like, okay, yeah. congrats, bro. Don't care. Well, my my legal like constitutional, you know, where I like to focus, I would just like to really try to narrow in on like, you know, where is he basically like really stepping over the line of this is an this is an overreach. Like you shouldn't be doing this. This should, you should have left that for Congress. I'm down. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. But with the, the, the number being as high as it is, <clears throat> 69. 69. Um, it, it is going to take a little bit of time. Maybe Biden is a troll. Dude, that would be fucking glorious. <laughs> he was Have like, you... hey, I got 69. We're going to leave it here. If while he's sliding into fucking dementia, he's just slipping little 69 jokes here and there. I got to keep my <laughs> eyes open on this old wily bastard now. Yeah. Fuck, you might be my favorite president of all time before it's all said and done. He tripped up the he tripped up the staircase because he was fucking wasted. Yeah. Well, you know, if there was a <laughs> Biden, if, if there was a Biden Q level something, they'd be like, oh, he fell three times. The Trinity. Oh, he's <laughs> he's risen. He's literally risen up the stairs. Like there would be some real yes. dumb bullshit. Yeah. And maybe we should start. Maybe okay. How about this? The next letter after Q is R, and I can think it stands for a word I'm not allowed to say, but it <laughs> rhymes with etard. Um, the new, the new uh, soulless fucks that just worship pol- politicians, the the R followers. The R's. Because they're all, they're, they are all R's, and uh, yeah, that's Biden's, Biden's followers. We're, quick, turn this off. Let's get to A-chan immediately. Let's make this thing work. <laughs> Let's create our own conspiracy group. Hell yeah. yeah. I think 8chan's gone, though, isn't it? Probably. I'm pretty um, sure they got nixed. Well, fuck. I need to, I need to get... They had, too to many, get uh, they had too many white supremacists. They had too many truth tellers, and they don't like the truth. But I'm here to tell you. No, they're, they, got, they didn't even get shut down for Q. They got shut down for fucking Nazi... Like, literally Nazi troll pages where they were actually... Um, actually, like... Hitler wasn't Any, that bad, huh? <laughs> like writing nothing but posts about how Hitler wasn't that bad. Well, no, they were like posting manifestos and actually taking, like, carrying out mass shootings and recording it and posting it on HN Live. Hmm. Like it happened like multiple times. That's like that's what that was why HN went down. They that was it. the was that uh, the Christchurch? That was one of them. Shooting? Yeah, was he was he doing more than on one HN or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, that whole thing was on. That was the first one. I think there was at least there was at least one more. There might have been more than that, but uh, yeah, there was like at least two of them. And dude, that shit was like, they fucking were going crazy when that shit happened. It was like I was watching a documentary. It was actually about Q, but they showed all this other stuff about the Nazi stuff because that's that's what it ultimately like took down Eight Chan was yeah. all the Nazi stuff instead of the Q stuff. And they were Slay like bastards, but they showed like the fucking basically like a live thread of the video like so he they posted he posted the manifesto and all you know of course all these people were like oh you're fucking full of shit pussy you're not going to do it whatever and then mm. you see him like park his car park his car and he's like showing all these guns and shit he's right outside of the synagogue or it was a, it was a mosque and mm. they're like 
uh, what is this fucking airsoft training or something like that. And, and then he's like pulling the guns out of the car, walking up to the mosque. And they're like, Oh, hold up. Is this real? And then he's he on a fucking, movie set. He's on a movie set. Look at yeah. the lighting. That bird didn't fly normal. <laughs> Fucking but then asshole. he starts shooting and they're like holy fuck it's real like it's happening right now and then and then like the fucking trolling and egging on starts going like talking about you know keeping score and like all this other shit like that yeah and none of it got removed none of it got taken down so they were like where where do we cross the line with like yeah it's uh protect internet is it, the internet is both the most beautiful and the darkest thing ever created yeah but i guess we'll end it on that depressing <laughs> all right well we left him hanging yeah <laughs> wait wait till the next time i come on <laughs> until next shit. time all right. all right there you have it that's the episode hope you guys enjoyed the uh the conversation that david and i had we actually went for about three hours after the recording stopped, and, uh, well, that's just unreleasable garbage. But uh, hopefully you'll hear future conversations. Sounds like I got some homework to do for our next one. But uh, until then, I hope you guys enjoyed. We'll talk to you later. See ya. See ya.